The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. Uh, welcome along to Gadget Guide number 137, our second one of a two-hour show format. And uh, this this evening we're going to be looking at the Pixel 3, Google's latest device, their latest phone, as well as small form factor PCs, things that are going to occupy a lot less space in your room that you would have normally had as a large tower. Before we look at all of those, we're going to have a quick look at the technology news. It's time to take a look at this week's technology news. Uh, well, one that's still going on from a couple of weeks ago. I remember we talked about this in the uh, in the tech news. Uh, when when was it? Back on uh, the last show. Uh, go and catch up on the uh, on the podcast if you want to to hear that again. Was Microsoft's full update? So this is Windows uh, 10 build 1809 or the October 2018 update? Yes. Yeah. You can see where they get the naming convention. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was um, withdrawn. Yes, yeah, so there, there were a few sets of problems. Initially, it looked like it was just an issue with uh, with the Intel audio drivers. Then there were reports of people's files going missing, and of course, this was yep. the real problem. Yeah, you yep. can you can pause it for just people who have certain sound cards. That's fine. Uh, once it starts deleting their documents, then uh, then it's a little bit of a, a, an issue. Yes, turns out there was a bit of a timing issue in the migration process of copying your documents and your all your important files from your old profile to your new. Windows 10 1809 profile and in the process the timing error meant that it deleted them before uh, copying them. That's not a, not the right way around so to doing it. Pretty it? much the wrong way around. So yes they have paused the update uh, of course uh, they might re- re- resume releasing it uh, any day now. Of course, it'll be interesting to see whether it's uh, still 1809, which of course is September's date, or whether it almost becomes 1811 for uh, November by the time no, they, they get there. They, they've maintained that date format even if they have slipped up to about five or six weeks. I think it's just a case of... Not the first time. It's entrenched in a lot of version control, so you keep the number. But uh, if you have ended up with 1809 and you have managed to install it, if you've Put yourself on some of the early deployment rings. Um, yeah, there are plenty of documentations out there on how to fix issues with the keyboard drivers, the uh, sound drivers, with your PC blue screening, and um, yeah, they, they had a, a rocky time with this one. Yes, and of course, it's not just the um, uh, the the build eighteen oh nine. There have also been some problems with the uh, just the regular October. Uh, update as well reported. If you have been hit by that, um, some of these stability uh, stability issues, um, go to the Windows Update page in, in Control Panel. Yeah, go just, to the just, Update just and Security. Tap, tap the Start button or the Windows logo and just type Check for Updates and it gets you there very quickly. Yep, there is a very nice uh, Run the Troubleshooter button. Yes, um, and unlike uh, historically, this does actually help. They've uh, they've got some really quite good uh, they've got a lot better making for fixing these things windows fix itself yes to to a much better degree and the system is actually able to sort itself out i mean i've had one pc that i've been trying to get build um 1803 so the start of this 2018 back, update uh, in march, yeah. to install we must have tried about five or six times they've obviously just updated something in that build that it installed today and it's just you know if it doesn't work give it a week Try again. Yep. But in, interestingly, my my laptop that I'm using at the moment, uh, when I first installed Windows 10 on it, it's, it's a few years old. I think it's about four or five years old now. Um, the CPU would only run very slowly, and of course, modern modern processors speed up and slow down according to how hard it's having to work, uh, which gives you much much better battery power, uh, ba- battery life means that it stays cooler. That's great. Unfortunately, when I first installed it, it wouldn't throttle up to its maximum speed it just ah, stayed stuck at the okay. bottom speed 
So it felt like a downgrade. Sp- yep. Spent a good few hours looking into this. Couldn't figure out what it was. Forgot about it. Two weeks later, oh, it's magically fine now. <laughs> so the, these things do get the, shipped the, out. The updates do improve things, and software vendors are always trying hard to make our lives easier. There will be problems along the way, and we've, I think we're getting more tolerant of it. Um, but yes, keep yourself up to date. It is the one way to make sure that you have protection against nasty things on the internet uh, that start targeting operating systems. Talking of, uh, uh, of targeting uh, attacks, I thought this was quite an interesting one. California, uh, over in the United States, has announced that they're going to ban default passwords from 2020. That's interesting. So this is when you go and buy your, uh, normally these sort of Internet of Things devices, your, your, well, your it, internet you, webcam, something uh, like also that. Also anything you plug in, so it could be an, a hard drive that you plug in on your network that you can share photos and, and TV and so on in the, in the, your house. Yep, a lot of those at the moment come with a password of password yeah. or, or wi- admin. Or wireless extenders and all those sort of things. Yep. Uh, well, these default passwords have, have resulted in so many problems because, of course, nobody bothers to change them half yep. the time. And suddenly someone's accessing someone else's camera and looking at things they shouldn't or accessing your photos. And yeah. So the answer to this, uh, according to California, and it is a good idea, is that it'll still ship with a default password, but that will be different for each device. So probably it's going to be, if you've got something like a BT well, Home Hub, it'll be, on the, number. Exactly, it'll be on a sticker on the back of it. Yeah. So that when it's built, they stick generate a password. Hopefully, it shouldn't be something you can guess by looking at it. Serial numbers can be a problem there. Um, stick it to a sticker, and then you can change it to something more memorable if you need. So yeah, quite a sensible idea. And let's hope that. And of course, if it's the law in California, that means that it's going to be vendors are going to do this for all devices they ship, not just yes. the ones they send to so California. Let, let's hope that all the vendors that don't have an office in Silicon Valley. Yes. Take note. Yep, definitely. Uh, coming much closer to home now, the uh, Cambridge-based Raspberry ah, Pi Foundation. Yes. Uh, they've announced their uh, the latest hang on, product hang on. as have well. Have they sneaked something out without telling us first? I know, it was outrageous. I think we'll have to we'll have to send a missive off to uh, Raspberry Pi Towers and say, chaps, yep, it's we, are, okay. we are your local media partner. It's okay. This, this <laughs> came out uh, uh, towards the end of last week. It's the Raspberry Pi TV hat. Okay. Now, hat is one, I think they saw one of these backronyms. They decide on the word and then they make up, to, uh, make up what it stands for. It stands for hardware added on top. Okay. Um, and it's their standard way, if you've seen a Raspberry Pi, it's this sort of credit, size, credit card sized computer. Um, and it's got an expansion header. So you yeah, can get a whole, one of these whole, boards. Whole pins that exactly. accept another board on top. And... The, the hat standard is boards that are designed to fit on top of that. And their latest one is the TV tuner. Very cool. So you can now plug this on top of your Raspberry Pi. And you can possibly watch TV straight on the Raspberry Pi. But of course, we've got TVs that do that quite well already. But it also means that you can put one Raspberry Pi maybe up in your loft where your TV aerial is. And then stream that TV over the network into something like Plex or Kodi or uh, or another Raspberry Pi, any of your sort of in-house home tablet. media. Or your tablet. Because you can't, well, you can watch TV on your tablet, but you can only watch things like iPlayer All 4 and ITV Hub. Yep. But, you know, there's a whole lot of other Freeview channels that aren't necessarily available that way that you can then actually watch. So you get TV anywhere in the house over your network. Very, very neat. The other thing I guess you can do is you can possibly record. 
Uh, yes, yeah. If you've got a home media server, or if you if you connect an extra plug, hard disk plug to your storage plane. into your Raspberry Pi. Yeah. 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 Now, what I'm also guessing, and I've I've not looked at this in detail. I've not actually got my hands on one of these things. Uh, they come in about twenty pounds, by the way. Um, in addition to the cost of the Pi, which is, is about the, thirty pounds. Yes, the Pi itself uh, for the latest uh, the latest model. What's also interesting with these hats is that normally you can record a whole set of channels at once. Um, so channels on, on Freeview are, are bundled up into these things called multiplexes, which might be seven or eight channels, and you can record the whole group of them at once and then decide which channel you want to watch later. Yep, and you can do that with a bit of pie? Uh, probably, yeah, you might. Potentially, okay. I, I reckon you can. Because the other thing is, will you be able to, if you put a VPN on your uh, Raspberry Pi Ooh. with the TV hat, will you watch be able when to you go on holiday? stuff with, yes, when you're out of the UK... That could be interesting. Well, I'm not sure be able what the catch up on Corrie or Strictly or Bake Off. I'm not sure what the legal implications of that are, and and I have to say they in their blog post they were very good. They did say you know, you need to check yes. what the what the legal situation is. Obviously, yep. in the UK, you need a TV license, yep. even if you're watching it on on your tablet. Yep. So yeah, well, watch this space as people thoughts, start doing but cool stuff. It will certainly give people opportunity to experiment more, mm. which uh, I think is one of the things that Raspberry Pi has been cool for. So, uh, on to music. Okay. Another local company? Uh, this is uh, Mixcloud. Yeah, so they, uh, they were founded in Cambridge. I'm not sure if, they're, uh, if their head office is still in, uh, in Cambridge or not. I think and they, they may have wandered down to London. They host millions of radio shows, DJ sets, podcasts, and have about 17 million users a month. Including many of the, uh, the shows on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yep. Um, but certainly founded by a, a few guys from, uh, from Cambridge. Uh, they have just signed, they've been doing many, many deals, but this is one of the, the big ones for them. They've just signed a licensing deal with Universal Music Group. And of course, this is one of the big record labels. So that's going to mean? It means that if you're putting shows up on, on Mixcloud, maybe you've you've done a, a, a bit of a mashup of, of various different songs, or you've just put together a radio show containing Universal songs, it means that they will automatically deal with the, uh, the licensing uh, with the universal artists. So they will deal with pay payments so to those artists directly. You don't have to worry if your no. show contains universal music, they take care of all the licensing. And those artists will still get paid. Very cool, very cool. Some new products from um, our two favourite uh, home or home digital assistant companies, Yes, Amazon and Google, Yep, both showing off some new toys. Amazon have got a new Echo Show. This is their um, screen-based uh, Echo device with the larger screen. So not the small round one. This is the square one. Okay, so and this is almost a, the sort of picture frame size thing. Yes, they have a new one out, the new Echo Show. They've also just released a new Kindle. Uh, the oh, new nice. the, They've overhauled the paper white. Uh, waterproof, nicer screen. Yeah, quite a lot of new features there. And uh, then Google have released a new digital assistant, the Google Home Hub. Now, this will be interesting to see how this goes down from a privacy point of view. So the interesting things about this one is it's a screen, yep. like the Echo Show. It's a digital assistant, so you can say, hey, device, do something for me, show me stuff, play me YouTube, which of yes, course Google can and they have. Amazon can't because of a falling out between the two. Um, but the interesting thing is it doesn't have a camera. Oh, that's. I would say that's probably actually a good thing. Whereas the Echo devices that have got screens have got cameras. Yes. For you to do video calling. I did spot very quickly before we uh, move on to the travel. Um, I did spot that Facebook, uh, with their new portal 
device, which is the equivalent of this. This is the sort of home uh, home telepresence device. Um, they sort of just gently admitted that maybe they would use things that it saw and heard in, in the house for uh, advertising targeting. What? So um, please buy underwear. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, stick a bit of sticky tape over that camera. I think cover it up when it's not in use. So yes, that 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 could be interesting to see how that privacy side of that develops over uh, over the yeah, coming I th- weeks. I think Google might have got onto an idea by not having a camera and making it more of an information and uh, media consumption device rather than rather a, than chatting a video phone. Excellent. We'll be talking about some new Google devices in just a few minutes. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. We've looked at Apple's latest devices and, of course, we had looked at the rumours of Google's new Pixel 3 phones coming out. And, of course, they have now been announced and shown off in all their wonder and they're available pre-order. Yes, not quite actually hitting the uh, hitting the streets just yet. No, you're looking a couple of weeks. Yeah, probably two weeks or so um, to actually get one in your hands after you've pre-ordered one. Uh, and of course, to order them, you can go straight to Google's own store at store.google.com for the Pixel Threes. Now, there's two sizes: the Pixel Three and Three XL Extra Large, uh, which is a 6.3 inch display versus the Pixel Three at a five and a half inch display lovely looking screens yes they are and uh, th- they've got the notch is the same as uh, <laughs> same as all the uh, all the high-end phones seem to seem to have 2018 uh, the year of the notch yes but very very nice not quite 4k displays but full hd plus i think is what they're describing them as on the uh, yes. on the pixel 3 what is interesting is that they've dropped lg for the displays oh really lg were making the displays in the pixel x uh, pixel 2 and the 2xl and had lots of problems with screen burning and responsiveness issues. Now, it is something that Google have gone around the various manufacturers. As If you go back to the Nexus devices, they've gone through LG and HTC and Huawei, I think, did uh, did one of them. Yeah, they, they do move around the manufacturers. I, yep. I assume it's a sort of... The, you know, the Galaxy don't, Nexus, don't of course, was Samsung. Oh, yes, I forgot yeah, about that one. Yeah. Anyway, they've gone back to Samsung for its AMOLED panels. Very nice. So it is a Samsung display, so a very similar display to what you'd find in the Samsung Galaxy range of phones. And broadly similar pricing. We're looking at somewhere between 770 for the uh, the lower end of the small well, device. 740 for the Pixel uh, 3 64 gig. And going all the way up to, I think, 969 was the, the best that we could So that's for the Pixel the... XL with 128 gigs of RAM. Yeah, so just about creeping in, still within three figures, but definitely not a cheap device. Not marketed as a cheap device. No, no. Yeah, this, still, this is a high-end phone. Still the high-end, top of the range coming in a bit cheaper than Apple's iPhone of the similar sort of spec. What uh, uh, what I am just looking at here is that they're really pushing the uh, the camera on this device. Um, it's first of all a very very competent uh, rear camera, as you would expect from this. You know, pushing the photography angle, but also really pushing the front facing camera. They've it, they've got a dual front facing camera, um, which they're they're pushing the group selfie. Yes, and what's quite cool is they've spent as much time working on the software as they have on the hardware. And it's very similar to Apple have done a lot of work with the Apple Photo app in the latest iPhone uh, XS, where you can do really slick things like blur the background after you've taken the photo or unblur the background after you've taken the photo. Lots of those sort of things coming in the Google Photo app, as well as a smart thing. Taking a picture of a group, how many people are going to have their eyes closed? 
Ah, yes. There's it always will one. automatically find you the picture with everyone's eyes open. Yes, and they, 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 I think this is the top shot, isn't it? Yes. Um, so they'll take a whole series of photos and then either pick the uh, pick the best one or, or let you scroll back through them. So, so a lovely 12 megapixel camera on the back. Also some interesting stuff in the portrait mode to improve the definition of hair. Now, isn't... <laughs> hair is a thing. Is this one of those things where... Yeah, we, we have the Instagram thing already where everyone applies filters. Is this going to mean that everyone's photos are suddenly way better than real life because everything is artificially enhanced? So that, yeah, you <laughs> you, you, you scroll past it in your, in your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed and all you see is these shinier than real life, better than real life, um, beautiful background photos. Is there a risk that everyone's going to say, oh, I wish my life was like that? And of course no one's is, it's just that... <laughs> Uh, the phones yeah, are filtering a, it all. It's an interesting one. Um, other new interesting enhancements around the camera is the Google Lens product, which okay. is an app. Now, it's, it's coming to other phones besides the pic. You know, a lot of the software stuff will come to other phones running Android. Google Lens, you can take a picture now of a plant and go, what is it? Oh, that could be handy. Yes. Does it tell you whether it's a weed or not? Because I never know. So I think it might be getting to that sort of state. And if you think about it, it's going to be quite interesting if you can take a picture of something and it'll go, no, that's poisonous, stay away from it. Yeah, don't eat this. Um, So that sort of technology is is getting there. Wireless charging, that's that's here. It sort of, we had it for a while and then it went away in a, a few generations of phones. Now it's coming back. Also very fast charging. Yes. And then adaptive battery, which is an interesting thought. So it will start to monitor the apps you use, and the ones you use least, it will put them to sleep quite, uh, quicker so that they use less battery. Now, this, I think, is something that uh, that OnePlus did quite a bit of a couple of years so ago. So did Samsung as mm. well in their modification of Android for the Galaxy range. A whole lot of stuff around battery management and shutting down apps in the background that aren't actually... You're not actually interacting with that app all the time. Why is it chewing battery? Now, I do like uh, uh, one of the accessories they've got. They've got the Pixel Stand, yeah, which is one of the optional accessories. has built-in wireless charging. As you'd expect. So you can have one of those next to your, you know, on your bedside table or something like that. You don't need to fumble around for the connector. Or obviously, we don't have the problem of, of which way up it goes now because it's USB-C. Um, but just sit your phone onto it and it'll charge overnight. Talking of USB-C... Headphone jack's gone. Yep, but uh, they've included an adapter for you to bring your headphones have. in. They've included not only the adapter, but also some native USB-C headphones nice. in the box. So nice. I thought that was a nice touch to do both of those. You wouldn't the other thing you get in the that. box is a whole transfer kit. Oh, okay. That basically gives you everything, a, a quick switch adapter, everything you need to copy all of your stuff off your old phone. Nice. So, of course, if, if you've got stuff that's in, in the cloud already, you're probably used to some amount of this happening, but maybe you don't back up all your photos to the cloud. You should, just an aside. But this will copy it all across. And I believe it will do it off an iPhone. Oh, really? Oh, that's quite nice. Yes. There's an app you install on both phones. Yeah. Uh, well, your, your new Pixel would come with it, but you install the other app on the other phone, yep. which is obviously available in all of the app stores, and then you plug them together with the cable, and you go, yep, uh, transfer all of my stuff to my new phone. So there we go. That's the Google Pixel 3 and 3XL available now to pre-order, and we'll uh, see what happens when they actually hit the street. we can get our hands on one in a couple of weeks. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. Well, we've looked at the latest in phones, but let's not forget the humble desktop PC. Now, in 2016, 
a while ago, Gadget Guide number 91, we looked at small form factor PCs and all-in-one PCs. So this is where the computer's in the screen. And, um, yeah, we compared things. Of course, technology changes very quickly. It does. And the days of the, the great big tower under your desktop or even next to your desktop, because it used to be that tall, um, and the, the old CRT monitors, those thankfully are, are well behind us. Yeah, so we've all got used to the idea of flat screen and LED or LCD panels. And a lot of people switch to laptops because laptops have become a lot cheaper. Yes, and, and can, a lot more powerful. Yes, and you can start at about two, £300 for a relatively decent laptop. And for most people, that's fine. But you might still want a desktop PC. And of course, the advantages are things have got smaller. Yes, but the things that you want to have got smaller have got smaller and th this is the reason why some people might want to stick to a desktop is if you still want a nice big monitor or more than one or more than one monitor also the gaming world that's very gaming true. on laptops is expensive because gaming laptops go into big numbers yes they you're do. talking uh, more than a thousand pounds on average starting price and i'm not sure we can really call them laptops they're more tabletops no, I when, think, when a point. laptop weighs four kilos it's no and longer has a, a car radiator on the back of it <laughs> so yes there are gaming laptops they are very nice if you are into going around and about and visiting friends and taking a gaming rig with you it is the way to do it if you've got the cash but coming back to the uh, the small form factor desktop, so this is something that's maybe mm, 10 centimetres square by a couple of centimetres thick. I can do you one better. Go on. We've all got a flat panel display in yes. our living rooms these days. It's got HDMI ports on it. Yep. How about the PC stick? Oh, this is the, the tiny it's little... It's a computer on an HDMI plug, effectively. It's a little bit like the Chromecast in terms of size. Like a Chromecast or an Amazon uh, Fire TV stick plugs in, connect to it with a Bluetooth keyboard, connect it to your Wi-Fi, it turns your TV into a PC. Now, I have to say, I tried one of the very early ones of these, and it left something to be desired. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't great at the start. They have improved a fair bit. You're now talking about a device that has got a quad-core CPU in it, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, runs Windows 10, does full-blown HDMI. You can actually do stuff on that. It will run streaming videos in, in, in a decent resolution, play games on it, and and run basic uh, office applications. And doesn't need to be too expensive either, does it? Uh, starting at around 150 quid. Mm. Now, obviously, those aren't going to be as performant as your full desktop PC or your laptop. No, but for casual browsing and, and looking at things online in the living room, yep. get your computer in the living room. Could well do it. Um, if you want something a little bit more grunt uh, to it, then, again, don't forget about the back of your TV or the back of your monitor because a lot of these small form factor PCs you can actually screw to the back of the display. Yeah, they come Get with, them completely out of the way. They come with what's called the VESA mount, V-E-S-A mount and it's a standard that was decided by um, monitor manufacturers, TV manufacturers. It's a square plate with four screws and a lot of these devices come with the bracketry for it. Sometimes it's an accessory, yep. sometimes it's in the box. Do watch out on some monitors, though, because on some monitors you can screw one of these to the back of them while and then still use it with its regular stand. On other monitors, it's an either-or thing. You have to take, it, take the monitor off of its stand that it came with and then replace it with another, uh, another mount of and some And then some monitors have got an accessory for hanging a small form factor PC on the back because they've recognised that people want to do this. It's a bit more difficult on a TV, so if you're doing this in the living room, but when you're talking about a small box that is 
you know, really inconspicuous. You can hide it in the TV unit. You, can, you know, it's smaller than your Skybox. It's smaller than your Virgin uh, TV box, but it's a full-blown computer. Yeah. Intel really leading the the way in promoting this form factor, and they've yeah. got quite a nice site. If you go uh, go to the Intel website and go to the mini PCs section. It's not all of their own products. No, I mean, obviously they have got their own range, which is the Intel NUC, the next unit of computing was the original branding, and they're up to their Generation 8 now. Now, they really originally launched those as a show the world how it could be done. How small you can make a full-size computer. Not necessarily expecting that to be the one that everyone went out and bought normally. So they sort of made it and said, look, here you are, other manufacturers, copy us. Yeah. Please. Or buy our boards and put them in your own boxes and add your own stuff to it. Exactly. And a lot of companies have. Uh, there's the usual names that you would expect. Dell have done some very nice little small form factor PCs. HP. MSI. Asus. Yes. Do quite a nice little box. Their Vivo Mini is quite a nice little box as well as their Revo. And these are using the same, generally speaking, the same processors as you would find in a laptop. Eighth generation Intel Core i7s. Now, they've. when I say laptop, do just watch out there. They are the i3, the i5, and the i7, depending on how much you want to spend. But they end up with the U, and that basically means it's their, their low-power consumption versions. Yes, yes. So it's not going to be the same processor as you get in a full-size desktop, but it will be the same as you'll find in a laptop. Generally, I would say if you want to use it for some reasonably serious work, you probably want to look at the i5s or the i7s. Yes, I wouldn't use the i3 if you were going to want to play some uh, casual gaming um, or if you wanted to do intensive video streaming. So if you wanted 4K video streaming, I'd avoid the i3. And similarly, probably stay away from the Celerons unless budget is a, a real constraint. Yes, yes. Now, in the I, in the NUC range, the Intel own branded range, the NUC 8 uh, has got a business mini PC with an i7 8705G processor, so a full-blown i7 processor, lovely device. Then they go into the enthusiast range. So these you're talking about are the device that's got two Thunderbolt 3 ports on it. Now that means that you can now run multiple 4K monitors off Six of one of, of these. That's yes. nice. <laughs> HDMI 2.0A in that device. In the uh, Interestingly, in the uh, business range, they're doing HDMI 2.0B, which is the slightly newer format but yeah they're all supporting 4k displays multiple displays and uh, giving you all the room that you'd want to put in uh, more disk so multiple m2 ssd slots some of them have got two and a half inch bays as well and of course this is something that they do really excel over laptops for is the, that expandability you normally got six or eight usb ports yes. usb3 on a lot of those usb c on a lot of them the latest generation yeah um you can also stick 30, multiple discs you can also stick 32 or 64 gigs of RAM in these yeah. things, which is absolutely fantastic if you're doing gaming or really intensive uh, graphic work on these. It turns it into a full-blown workhorse. And I, I quite like this as a, as a concept now. You know, more and more of the day-to-day uh, the -day tasks you can do on a phone or a tablet. But for a lot of people, actually, you still want something PC-shaped for maybe actually sitting down to work at. Yes. Um, and this way, you can get this and still have a nice aesthetically pleasing office space. You know, you've not got great lumps of computer sat in the corner, and you've got something that's a lot nicer to sit at all day than a laptop. Yeah, and you can, like, like we said, have multiple monitors, which is quite important for a lot of people these days. And monitors have dropped in price. You can now get 24-inch monitors for under £100 each. So there we go. You look at anything from, I would say, about £400 for a serious business grade 
small form factor PC, add a couple of monitors, for six £700 you can have a very, very capable home office setup. And certainly something that would, uh, after hours, do the gaming and go off and play Fortnite or PUBG. We've looked at uh, Google's latest Pixel smartphones. We've looked at small form factor PCs, certainly an interesting selection. And it's worth shopping around uh, all of your favourite online retailers, the Amazons, the eBuy.coms and so on of the world, will be able to supply you some pretty good deals. And you can actually see some of these now in in the likes of PC World Curries and also John Lewis Partnership. Uh, Worth going and having a look at them because you can get some pretty decent machines that, that, like we said, are really small and, and tuck behind your monitor or literally bolt to the back of it and if you if you're looking for a media pc to actually have in the lounge uh, certainly an, an interesting way of doing it and and even even look at the pc sticks things that can really run a uh, matured edition of cody uh, everyone's favorite streaming things or plex another one that's pretty popular as for uh, the gadget guide we'll be back on bonfire night the 5th of november uh, with another show looking at tech news and uh, probably a, a few interesting features and seeing what's coming out from all things electronic, computer and uh, software side as well.